0: The <laughs> number
1: Welcome to Truth Seekers. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question what we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human, and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, just by going to serviceofchange.com slash human enter your email address, and you will get instant access to read the book that will change your perspective or validate your perspective of the reality in which we live not everything is what it seems and sometimes the questions are more important than the answers and I have so many of those tonight's show I am really excited to to jump into this podcast tonight it's one I've been planning for I don't know, months I've been trying to connect with uh, my good friend Jerry Baus. we're going to talk about life as an empath Jerry has uh, some amazing experience and some amazing insight into what it's like to pick up on the feelings and emotions of other people she's around and it goes much deeper than that so you're going to want to stay tuned and listen to that but first I just want to review a few things that are going on in the world that I've been uh, putting up there through the social media feed if you haven't done so already please hit that like button on Facebook and uh, you know it's a great way to just kind of support the content that's coming out there by interacting with the page you can find it at serviceofchange.com you know the Facebook link is right there on the left hand side Uh, I put an article up just the other day It's, uh, you know, I found a video online, it's called A Hidden Camera Experiment, Most People Are Sheep. I think the original video was created by Anonymous, I see their logo up in the top right-hand corner, and it really goes to show just how easily humanity can be programmed. And I've covered this, if you've listened to my show, where I reviewed the, uh, the new movie on Netflix called The Milgram Experiment. I think the movie is called The Experimenter, but it was about the Milgram experiment. Um, you know, basically how easy it is to influence people to follow a certain behavior. So you're going to check this out. There's a video that shows um, them doing this in a social setting, getting people to perform certain tasks. Uh, and it's really quite scary. They get them to respond to the sound of a bell. They get everybody to stand up that has no idea why they're standing. Uh, And it ties into some other studies that I've looked at and explored on the show. Uh, And it just goes to show, like I said, that one of the main theses of of Food for the Archons that I'm working on um, is to show that humanity is being influenced and manipulated to produce a certain emotional output, that negative output, because there are uh, forces out there that utilize those specific frequencies as an energy source and uh, once we get into speaking with with jerry tonight i think it's going to validate even more of what i've been feeling sensing researching finding and talking about but so again uh, go to servicechange.com. check out the facebook feed make sure you like it that's just a great way to support the show because as i mentioned in the last show i think facebook shows my stuff to uh one or two people on average, unless you start liking it and engaging with the page, then that goes right up. And that's all I'm trying to do is uh, get some information out there. Okay, I've run my mouth quite a bit right now. Uh, You know, let me save all the time that I possibly can for, uh, you know, the discussion with my good friend, Jerry, and we're going to talk about life as an empath.
2: Okay, so Jerry, are you with me? Yes, I definitely am. (laughs)
1: Hi my friend,
3: how are you tonight?
2: I am doing wonderful. How are you?
3: Much better now. We had quite the challenge in getting this uh off the ground it seems, but uh we're we're here and we're good to go finally. I'm looking forward to this yeah. discussion tonight. Me too. So it's funny how the universe works in strange ways. We tried to uh to do this what, a
2: couple months ago I think, and then just things came up and it just never happened, right? Yeah, you know, it seemed like one thing after another started to pop up, and as soon as we would try to do an interview, something else would crop up. So, you know, we got this tonight, definitely.
3: Yeah, so I'm hoping that it's actually going to record and save for us, since that's been our challenge for the past half hour. (laughs) You know, it seems like when when we're going down this path and exploring these subjects, uh, I'm convinced that sometimes there's forces working against us. Uh, trying not to let that, that message get out, but we'll, uh, we'll adapt and overcome, and we'll be fine.
2: Yeah, and that's a whole so, other
3: conversation right there, Demon. <laughs> it, it sure is. It sure is. Uh, but tonight, you know, I'd like to talk, uh, you know, about, uh, several things. You've got a lot of, a lot of things that are always going on with you. You know, we're, we're friends on Facebook, and I'm always, you know, following what's going on with you. Um, You know, I want to talk primarily about life as an empath and what it's been like, uh, you know, growing up as an empath. And then we'll also get into, I know that you're working on a book, um, so we can also talk about that project as well. But um, for for our listeners out there who don't know what an empath is, why don't you start out just by telling us, you know, what what that means?
2: You know, I'm glad that you, you asked in that mannerism because a lot of people have misconceptions about what an empath is. They think that an empath is a very, you know, subtle, almost hippie-like being who never gets angry and is always, you know, flowing with these loving emotions and, and picking up these great, you know, uh, emotions from others. And it's it's not the case all the time. I mean, people do have good sides to them. But remember something, you've got a human being with life experiences Whose body has survived from, you know, if they're 12, 12 years, if they're 99 and, and empath is near them, you're feeling the joints, the stomach, the head, the memory issues, you're, you're picking up on tragedy, you're picking up on loss, you're picking up on so many different things with so many different people that it affects you. And, and you know, Years and years of looking into why am I different? Why, why am I like this? Why do I have to be an empath? Because I, I have friends that say Dennis, they're always saying, "I wish I was like you, Jerry. I wish I could do what you do, Jerry." And I always say to them, "No, don't say that. You really—they mm-hmm. have this misconception that we have this easy life, but right. it's—it's—it's it's, it's not the case. It's so really part. not the case. It is." Mm-hmm. And a lot of us become so reclusive. With me, for instance, I don't go out, okay? I don't go to dinners. I don't go out to dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't go to movies with groups and crowds of people. I mean, I have, but I can count on one hand how many times I have. I don't Mm -hmm. go to shows and theater. and I, I don't have friends come over and hang out with me because I just, I am overly sensitive. Finally, an explanation from a friend of mine who is a scientist when I thought it was kind of a cool explanation. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been thoroughly investigated, of course, on humans, but on animals, which, you know, that's kind of neat that a lot of people think, yeah, their are soulless creature. It's not true. They have souls and they right. have what um science is calling mirror neurons okay? Mm-hmm. And I guess that and the overly empathetic person, scientifically speaking, all right, we seem to have more mirror neurons in our brain than the average person. And mm-hmm. that right there is called shared neural activations. I mean, think about this. You're in a room with somebody and you're watching, you know, as an empath on this, you, you, you totally scope people out. Like, Mm-hmm. You look at them, you're analyzing their every little vivid body move, their facial expressions, everything, and boom, you've got them in a heartbeat, okay? Mm-hmm. You're better <laughs> You're mm-hmm. better than That's the FBI, right. you know? <laughs> you're yep. looking at them and you're sizing them up. And what happens inside of your brain as an empath, that, that shared neural reaction, means that the neurons, the mirror neurons and their behaviors inside of your brain they increase, so you already have too many now they're increasing and, and and this this is the basis of human emotion. I mean mirror neurons are why humans supposedly why humans have emotions, okay scientifically mm-hmm. speaking but we're we're getting this from them and let me be clear though, okay, this isn't just the scientific i mean that's the scientific side of it, but you and I both know that. There's also a spiritual side and there's a Mm -hmm. physical side, you know, and Mm -hmm. we're more than just physical beings. Right. So you take the fact that, you know, physically we have more mirror neurons than most people do and amplify that by our spiritual being, our light, so to speak, our energy that's arcing a little bit higher than normal people because normal people who have a normal amount of of the neural of of the mirror, the mirror neurons in their brain, they're not peaking, so to speak. It's almost like mm-hmm. there's a wheel turning inside of us, and it's spinning three times faster than other people, and we're giving off right. this energy. So the energy that we're giving off, we can take back in less, more. You know, we we can take that back in and. And when we're sizing a person up, we're looking at this person, all of a sudden it starts, we start feeling something, something strange, Mm -hmm. okay? It could be, you know, in their childhood, their father might have, you know, had a drinking issue and he was abusive. And we're not just, we're not just feeling, we're we're not just knowing this, we're feeling it now. Now we're getting the, oh God, I want to cry and I'm angry and we're picking up this emotion. And the problem with picking up this emotion, this energy, is a lot of us don't know how to get rid of it. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. And it's scary to think about that for a minute. I mean, say you, you know, you're a 20-year-old empath, that's hard. Say you make it to 46. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, you know? How much have you picked up? How much have you let go of? How do you deal with this? You know, how do you stay sane? How do you know your emotions yeah. from other people?
3: And that's that's an important point right there because you do reach a point, and, and I'm not as sensitive as you are, but you know, there's times where I'm really picking stuff up, and when it, I want to say when it was at its most difficult for me, was when my daughter was a few months old. She had colic and reflux, and she was just angry and in pain all the time. And I just, I took that, my heart actually hurt. My chest would, hurt. I'd get palpitations. She would look at me and I'd feel it in my chest, just this pain. And then I'd get enraged with anger because she was so angry. And I felt like I was losing my mind. I I couldn't control the amount of energy that this little girl was throwing at me, you know, for for months. It was was so difficult. That's when I started to realize, what's my feelings, what's her feelings? And once I started to explore that, I was able to better separate myself. But that, you're right; that's a tough challenge.
2: And you know what's what's worse about that is, okay, you have you you're having that experience, okay, and you're picking mm-hmm. up that energy, and you're having that empathic, you know, that em- empathic swap of energy. And here's what's worse: your experiences, because these are called mirror neurons, okay. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. experiences with anger are now reignited, so. You're yep. feeling anger from them. Now it's reigniting your experience with anger. And now an empath, okay, who's angry is a scary, scary thing. We, mm-hmm. we mirror psychopaths when we're angry. We really do. Mm-hmm. When we, get, when we're happy, <laughs> when we're happy, we're the happiest people on the planet. When we're angry, we are downright scary.
3: Yeah. Yep, you you just it described me to the T when I was going through that that stage. Absolutely, I scared myself. I I, I was I absolutely scared myself because I felt like I was losing my mind. You know, it was uh, it was a tough tough phase, but but I I made it through, fortunately. Yeah, yeah, you,
2: <laughs> you did. Know? But but you have to, you know. And, and my advice for people out there who are empathic and they're going through situations like that is. And I know it's hard to do, but you have to take yourself out of the situation for a little while, for a few moments. And
1: mm-hmm. you have
2: to go for a walk, and you have to do what I call burn it up. You have right. to burn up the energy somehow. You have to walk. You have to do aerobics, weight lift, uh, run for ten miles, paint, draw, take a bath, whatever it is that takes your energy. And when I say energy, I'm not just talking. You know, it confuses people when we say energy Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you're giving off a vibration okay a sound each of us has a very specific personal sound and that's our vibration um Mm -hmm. and every everything in creation has a sound this is their energy okay
0: right
2: and when you're taking on like when you're in a room with someone who's very ill and you're picking up their sound so to speak that sound can actually alter your DNA, which is a scary Mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to get yourself in a place where you're burning that up. Whatever it takes, whatever makes you happy, get your mind off it, no matter what that is, whatever somebody's thing is, but the scariest part of this is, and you know as well as I do, Motivate yourself to do it because sometimes I'm, – I'm not saying I'm, – I'm past the laziest when it comes to doing anything good for themselves. They are the laziest I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it's
3: tough. It, it, you have to really – you have to pre-plan it. You know, I I look at it from, you know, my training in the military. It's, you know, through repetition, it becomes second nature. You know, I try to recognize – the I call them indicators and warning. I feel this tension building. I need to disengage beforehand. And when I start, when I start hitting certain triggers, that's when I start now automatically just doing certain things because I know the consequences and I I don't want to face those consequences. And that seemed to work for me, um, over the past two years.
2: See, I believe that most of us should have military training because (laughs) we're just like, nope, I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to sit in this, and I'm going to endure it, and I'm going to endure it to the end, and, you know, that's an unpassed state of mind, you know, where... Because you're the one that always stay. Yes, you are. You, you are, and you it, have to break out.
3: Yep, and that's hard because, you know, when, when you're depressed, you want to feel depressed. You want to feel sad. You want to wallow in it, and it's tough, uh, and you brought up a good point about, about the sound and the frequencies. Uh, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research into that, and lately I've really been drawn to just the power of sound. Sound has the ability to heal, it has the ability to influence mood and, and so many different things. Even the sounds that we're not consciously hearing and aware of. So um you're, you're absolutely right on that. And, and once you're harmonizing with a particular frequency, it's tough to consciously say, hey, I want to change this frequency right now and move into something else. So, uh, you gotta have that plan is, is always my advice. But, Jerry, I want to move, uh, you know, in, in a slightly different direction. And I'd just like to hear a little bit about um, you know, kind of your experiences living with this and, and, you know, when you when did you first realize that you had this ability? What was that
2: like? I don't think it was a realization of an ability. Um, a lot of people say, yeah, I became aware that I was an empath. I was, you know, 12 or 25 or 40 or whatever. I don't think it was a realization of an ability. I think, you know, growing up like that and always being like that You're not aware that, and you know the word empath wasn't so popular way back when. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, not
3: more popular. You just
2: think, you know, like a lot of people still do who are empathic. They still, I'm just very sensitive person, and it's really Mm -hmm. weird because when I'm near people, I when they're sick, I start feeling sick. They say to me, and I laugh and I say, Yeah, that's that's odd. That's that's pretty much what we do. And right. you know i I wasn't it's not like one day I woke up and I, and I said, "Oh, I'm an empath it's It's been this way my whole life, and after a while, you start to question your sanity mm-hmm. and you do it to such a degree that you seek out psychological evaluation, you go to medical doctors, you tell these people what's wrong with you, so you know they did some testing on me, and they're like. You have synthasia, you know you can taste the colors and the signs. yeah, and what, everything what's that that is, it's synthasia, it's a brain okay. condition. my brain's wired a little different than most people, so right. they think that that part of me is because I have synthasia. I mm-hmm. don't think that being an empath is because I have synthasia i mean i i you know, a lot of people in science attribute psychic ability to this condition, but I, I'm not really convinced of it. I know a lot of people, because I'm in groups with people with synthesia who don't, they're not empathic, they don't have psychic ability, so speculation, you know, it's really, to mm-hmm. me, it just complicates <laughs> the condition,
0: Yeah.
2: and I call it a condition, yeah. because it feels like a condition.
3: Right. Right. Wow. Now, you you said you can taste. I mean, I know Kanye, um, you know, he recently said that he can see sound. And I thought that was pretty fascinating, you know, because, I mean, he's always, you know, a controversial guy. But they were giving him a hard time when he was on, I want to say Oprah or somebody he went off on a rant talking about endorsing sneakers that pay less or something. I forget what he was talking about. And everybody starts laughing at the guy, and for the first time I actually, that he's ever opened his mouth, I actually respected what he was saying, and I felt like this is a guy who's struggling with some of the things we're talking about, and nobody understands him. Because what he said was, I can see sound. I understand X, Y, Z. And everybody was laughing at him, and I'm going, no, th- this is the one thing you shouldn't be laughing at, because he's actually, he's losing it here, because he can't cope with all this sensory input that he's getting, and that's why he's trying to put things out there. You know, that was my.
2: my he really does sound like a synthesia pa- He sounds like a synthasia patient because that's exactly how we function. That's you. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to seeing, and let's say, let's say sound. Okay, sound is a vibration. Mm-hmm. Vibration gives off color. Everyone out there has an aura. I don't care mm-hmm. what you know the so-called normal people. Say about now you know these hippies and these new agers and you know they're crazy they talk about aura and whatever everybody I've ever seen my whole life has had an aura and I told mm-hmm. my doctor when I finally broke down and you know my first EEG I was 13 I freaked out of course it was abnormal but I was freaking out so I was telling mm-hmm. them about it and th- they said that this sounds like a brain condition and we're a little familiar with it but back then it was 1983, so I right. didn't know a lot about things like they do now. But, yeah, it, it's right. a real condition, and we really mm-hmm. do see. We see sounds. We taste color. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's there's variations to it. Not everyone has it the same. And I want to make a point right now about empaths, because everyone thinks we're textbook identical, and we're not. Right. We're very, very right. different from each other.
0: Mm-hmm
3: hmm You're right there. And because I, I see I, – I pick up on people's emotions a lot, you know, regardless of where they are. The second they answer the phone, they don't have to say anything. I just I, – I feel the intent of the conversation, um, you know, and, and I do see auras not constantly. I usually see them, I guess, when I need to. I've looked at people and said, you're sick, you need to get checked out, and I've been able to tell them the area they need to get checked out. And it's been completely spontaneous. Um but I don't really know what the colors mean. I've tried and tried. I've read books and they just, what it says in the books doesn't match what more or less my intuition tells me. You know, so, uh, and it's not often enough where I'm constantly able to practice it. But I, I, when I do call it out, people are like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what you're right. That's what you're seeing. How do you know that? Well, I, see, I just try to tell people now.
2: I see auras. It's, you know? it's funny though, you're seeing sounds. That's what you're saying. And you know why you're like not seeing it all the time is because you are, you do function on a higher level, but you mm-hmm. have discipline and control. And let's say you put up a little bit of a wall because, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get to a certain point where you can get on your tiptoes and look over it, but then you can go back down again. I respect that because I don't have – see, I'm the kind of empath that doesn't have that ability. I can't. I can't block. I can't do it. And I've tried everything. I've been to everyone. I've read everything there is to read about blocking, grounding yourself. you got to ground yourself, Jerry. Listen, I've done every practice under the sun, and nothing stops this. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing that works for me. And I'll I'll tell you something. Shopping in a grocery store, for me, is a nightmare. I do not go – when I go in, I'm fine. I'm okay. And it takes about you can count to about 15, and it starts. Mm-hmm. The colors are peaking. I'm every sense of my body is like I'm I'm eating a meal, smelling perfume, and I'm tasting music. And everybody's giving off everything, and then the emotions start, and then the anger comes, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, mom, get what you got to get. I'm get I need to get out. I got to go in the car. Here's my money. Please pay for my stuff, and I'll load it in the car. But I can't be in here anymore. I I turn into I don't know. I just can't handle it. I just can't. You know, I'm I'm wondering, I
3: just saw an invention on one of the random Facebook ads, um, and it's designed to reduce background noise. Like if you have thin walls in your home and you can always hear your neighbors chattering, it's a small device about the size of a cell phone. And what it does is it puts out counter frequencies. So the sound waves are basically blocking the other sound waves to understand how, you know, waveforms work. And I'm wondering... If you know we can identify the specific frequencies that impact you the most, and then create a device that has a counter frequency. If we start thinking, I mean, look you know, at Tesla said think of everything in terms of frequency and vibration, you can just find the opposite wavelength.
2: It's funny He's because a little, Tesla had you know, synthasia, You know, <laughs> I believe it. He, he, makes, yeah, he had synthasia. Yeah. He was diagnosed way back when, mm-hmm. as you know, he was he was seeing the auras and tasting. You know the colors, mm-hmm. and he was very sensitive. Tesla was, mm-hmm. and I guess Billy Joel also, of all people. You know, you'd never know by looking at him, but he's yeah. he's also a Synthesia patient.
3: Makes it makes sense, you know. because I know people that hear, um, they call it the hum, and it's that just that constant droning sound that makes them ill. Um, they don't know where it comes from, and uh, some people have had success with that counter frequency. So maybe
2: I think that's we can genius, fly. actually.
3: I, I'm definitely not a genius there, but it's uh, you know, if it can help you then that that would be wonderful. The question is what frequency would you have to put into yeah, right. to counteract that, you know? But it's and definitely here's the problem, problem. There's
2: so many there's so many different frequencies around us and and right. they're stirring different parts of our brain and those mirror neurons are going insane that it's probably more than one. It's probably you know, a, a, it's a symphony of frequencies going on I, and I, I wonder got if you
3: anything can even, on that I wonder if you can even listen to like a binaural beat, put in a headphone like a binaural beat to change the you know the, the alpha waves or the beta theta whatever in your brain to change you know your own internal frequency to bring you down instead of blocking everything maybe we can change yours. I just watched a movie on uh, on Netflix called Frequencies. Maybe that's where this is coming from. And it touched on some of this stuff. Not the level of what we're talking about right now, but I I guess that's where it got me going in that direction. So maybe there's something that, things that you can listen to that would bring you down. You know, maybe worth experimenting with.
2: There's um definitely the binaural beats. They help at night. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you've gone through, you know, the the phases of energy and stuff, the the binaural beats, you put your headphones on and listen to that and that seems to come a lot of people don't, even though the last one I listened to kind of made my heart skip. I was having palpitations. And then, like, right. right after the next day, I was not well at all. So I'm not going to listen to that one again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful with some of the things that are out there. Um, I, you know, I'm a huge advocate of the Monroe Institute because, you know, I think they're the ones that developed that technology, the Emysync technology, um, and they've done some wonderful things. Uh, and they have some some really awesome programs. I hope someday to make it through some of their training sessions once the fun get a little bit better, you know?
2: Well, you know what I did notice also? I, I noticed that wearing copper, and for some reason, and it's the strangest thing, that wearing copper seems to help a little bit, mm-hmm. enough to the point where it's bearable. And this is this isn't something I even did on purpose, but I was looking at how, because I have multiple sclerosis, and okay. I was looking at how it helps your balance. So I thought, Oh cool. You know, if right. if it works because, you know, it's probably hype and crap, but I tried it and it did help. And then we went out and it was a smaller stir, it's the area local grocery. We went out and I seemed to not have a hard time. I mean I was still me, you know, I'm always gonna be me, but it was bearable and then when I don't wear it, it's unbearable. So I'm wondering, you know, and I've never you know, talked about the copper thing before, but now that we're talking about this, it's sparking this in my mind, I wonder if the copper has some sort of property that actually helps in some way.
3: You know, I'm going to think, my my conspiracy brain is going to kick in. How much copper wiring and piping do we have running through our homes and through our electronics? Isn't there a lot of copper, you know, all around us?
2: Definitely. Definitely, and, and I'm
3: wondering if that's an intentional inhibitor for for the majority of people. I mean,
2: see, that's not a conspiracy point, theory mind. That's 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 the mind of someone who knows of what's going on. The real deal.
3: Well, that's how they would label. That's how you know people out there label people with that type of thought process, and that's fine with me.
0: You know,
3: but you're right, Um that's where my mind always goes, or my mind always is, I should say. Um, you know how. Well, you know, while repressed. you're
2: talking about that, let's talk about the the sound warfare that they use. They use sound, okay, yes. to control other other countries' weather, and they use sound to control people's thinking process. And this isn't mm-hmm. conspiracy anymore. This is an actual. I mean, there's papers out on this where they were experimenting on different places in the United States of America with this sound
3: It was called the uh, the Woodpecker frequency. It was developed by the Russians, and it was coming in uh, through the light through the lights. Um, initially, is how they detected it, and it was causing I think uh, stress and anger and all sorts of other things in people. Um, you know, over a long period of time, and then. David Icke talks about this. He does a whole bit on it, and he said now they're developing like these – anything smart technologies to be worried about. But these new smart lights and these new lights with the mercury in them are designed to uh, magnify this signal that's coming through that's influencing with people's electromagnetic output. And the research I'm doing for my book, it's all about the electromagnetic signals and how they're being manipulated to influence human behavior, which is very scary
2: is scary but they've done it and you know if you want to take this way back you can go to the Sumerian scripts where the Anunnaki they were giving mankind all of these you know these technologically advanced things and the sound was used to heal diseases and to reverse Mm -hmm. aging and all Mm -hmm. sorts of things like that so initially these things were used as good things they were, and I guess yes. it was, yeah, it was reintroduced when they supposedly had, um, you know, a get together with another. I don't know. I, I I don't like using the word alien, but they they supposedly had contact, and this technology was all of a sudden rediscovered. And they, instead of using it to benefit mankind, what they did is, you know, they used it against. And that's what they seem to do with everything. And, Makes you wonder, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and that sounds. Makes you wonder.
3: And that ties into you know my project, and that seems more like you know an archontic spin on things, taking what's already given and perverting it, doing the inverse, doing the opposite, um, you know, using it against us. So that that you know that definitely fits um, the profile. But we've got about ten minutes left, Jerry. I want to I want to jump in. I know you have a, a writing project that you're you're working on. Do you, you want to talk about that a little bit or?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm actually writing a book right now about personal experiences and you know I hate to use the word alien but let's just say with otherworldly not even worldly see I believe they're dimensional creatures mm-hmm. travelers but I'm um, I'm writing a book about alien encounter slash abductions and the name of it's going to be altered state of being. And oh, I, like I, want, I want to have it out by December. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it, it, I was looking for a title, and it just kept coming to me, you know, and maybe something has something to do with that. I won't say right now, but I think all right. the state of being is good because all, all the information that we gain from not-so-bad encounters, they're all telling the same thing, you know, be careful. This technology mm-hmm. you've had before, this is not new you will destroy yourselves with this stuff again because you know again. for right. some reason we we always go down the same path and you know that that's sad to me
3: yeah it's it's like we're not learning from our mistakes or I almost like the reset button is getting hit and then the people that do have that knowledge are corrupted and don't help us through it when they're supposed to which is uh, also
2: frustrating So tell me a little bit more
3: about this book. You say, you know, it's about experiences that you've had.
2: I um, actually started, I I can't say that it started when I was two, but that's when I have some recollection of it beginning. And it probably began before that. And it went on for a very long time in a positive sort of mannerism. And then it turned negative at a certain age, you know, in your teen years. Mm-hmm. And there were both, you know, the good would come, the bad, and my whole philosophy, and not only my philosophy, but what I've learned, gotten from what I call downloads from these beings. That's and exactly what I, I call I, them. Yep. <laughs> I integrate that into the book, and I, I, let me make this perfectly clear, I'm not smart enough in this body to know the things that I know. And if not for them, I would probably be just another sheep out there. And I'm very, very thankful for the things that I know. Do I know why I know them yet? No. I still Mm -hmm. haven't figured out why, you know, we are the way we are and other people, for some reason, you know, they're they're just not there. I I haven't figured that out either. And I, you know, I don't have all the answers. I have a lot of questions, but I'm putting it in a book. I definitely want to share it with other people who have had similar experiences and maybe you know they can contact me and we can talk about it which would be great actually.
3: Mhm. Mhm. Wow, that's that's fascinating, you know. I, I, every time, you know, you and I talk and connect, I feel like, wow, we're so much alike, you know. I mean, that's that's how I feel with the with the book that I'm working on. It's like I want to put it out there so other people know hey, I'm not alone in in what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing. Um you know, I don't think. I mean, there's so many truth movements out there now, and people talking about this stuff. But I find it far, you know, in between, when somebody credible gets up and says, "Well, here's my story. Here's what happened to me. I just want to share what happened to me," you know, beyond all these crazy theories or there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we I definitely, have enough of that definitely do. That's what I'm doing with my show. I'm trying to get people like you and me, saying, hey, I've had this experience. Because if we can all come out and say, I've had this experience, we'll realize, well, this is happening. It's really common. Let's figure this out together. And I think that's how we can move forward and really finally understand this and maybe not destroy ourselves again if we can understand this process. That, that
2: would be, you know, and, and, and I think that, that we have retained some of our knowledge from ago mm-hmm from ancient of old and we carry that with us and maybe we are the ones that have to step up and say, you know, I'm certainly not doing this for money because you know as well as I do, we spend more doing what we do than we'll ever make. It costs us more to to put out our information than we will ever get back. It's definitely Mm -hmm. not, not about the money. It's not about popularity because, I mean, not for nothing, people. Most people think we're nuts, okay? <laughs> Delusional, or you know, they're like, "Wow, these people are crazy." You gotta hear this stuff, you know? So uh-huh. it's not for that either.
3: Jerry, you are absolutely certainly not right for a
2: TV dentist because you know me. I don't, I don't even like having. I mean, I get my picture taken. I'll put it out once in a while, and it kills me to do it. And I'm like, "Yeah, please get your camera off my face." So it's not <laughs> bad <for> that either. <laughs>
3: Uh, I used to hate getting my picture taken. I really did. I was always, you know, I, I really shied away from the camera. And then I, I made a choice. I said, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go public with all my stuff. I'm just going to put it all out there. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it now. But it, it is definitely tough. Definitely tough to, you know, get up that courage to do it. But, you know, I, I think what you're doing, Jerry, uh, you know, I know that, like I said, we. I was on your show uh, over a year ago when I launched my last book. And then we stayed in touch, you know, through the Facebook uh, group and stuff, and, and that's been such a tremendous help to me, just in grounding me knowing, number one, I'm not alone. Number two, I'm not crazy, you know. No, And, and you're just not. hearing uh, other it people with these experiences. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be. I used to try to convince myself and others that I was crazy. I, You know, when I was younger, I stopped paying attention to it, because I was, let's say, 16, I started doing tarot readings. And I was getting very accurate readings, I was just reading from my friends, but not only that the feelings I was getting about some of my friends, I realized you're not the person I thought you were and now I can't look at you the same and I hated it, <laughs> like, I'd i rather just be ignorant and believe you to be this happy, great person that I always thought you were instead of kind of seeing your true colors. so I ignored it for a long time and then uh, once I opened up in my 20s, I realized I've been walking through life blind and I just you know, I couldn't turn it off anymore.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's the realization that a lot of people tell me they come into, and I have a page called Empaths Unite, and it, I just mm-hmm. share all sorts of, you know, whatever. It's, it's, you know, just little, you know, upper, you know, picker-uppers for people who are having a bad day, the empaths, and I have video on there to help people understand themselves. And, I, you know, I do things like that so other people know that they're not crazy, okay, right. and we need each other. We really, mm-hmm. you know, we really do, because they do, you know, the consensus of the normal people, um, you know, you're Democrat, you're Republican, oh, you're an empath, aye, 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 you know, <laughs> can you yeah. get away yep. from my table now? <laughs>
3: exactly. Yeah, it's, it's tough to find, uh, you know, a place where we fit, but I, I feel that, you know, I found a place to fit in. You know, through the network that you've created, Jerry, and I think that's what. It's, like I said, it's it's just a wonderful thing, Um and that's why I really wanted to have you on the show to just so people can hear your voice and, and hear what you know what your experiences are. And, and because it is grounding to hear, hey, this is something real. There is science behind it. We've only scratched the surface in some of the things you've spoken about. In in a lot of my previous podcasts, I've pulled out research from some heart math that's really that everything just clicks and falls into place. And what you talked about tonight was another big piece of that puzzle, too. Um, you know, so there is information out there. There is science out there now. The question is, are, you know, those of you that are being skeptical, are you willing to look at that, take a hard
2: look at that science and that data out there? and Once they stop being distracted by the world around them, you know, that fake little construct, the matrix that they're living in, once mm-hmm. they realize that they're being controlled and used to mine gold for their leaders, they might they might look at yeah. us a
3: little differently. But if it might be too late. You know, you see cognitive dissonance come into play a lot. And I refer to the Matrix movie a lot because if they really break it down. Once you understand that movie, they do a great job of explaining things. And he says, you know, we usually don't free a mind beyond a certain age because it has trouble letting go. And that's the truth. I mean, I remember – even after I've been through this journey and, and understood, hey, the world's not the way I thought that it was. I'm not going to use the term awake because I, I hate that expression. But when I, when I realized, hey, things are different, I was traumatized. I went through a major depression. Oh, I know. And then several times since then when you're like, wow, it's even worse than I thought. Or, oh, look at this. Oh, wow, that's not what I thought. Again, you go through a depression because you, you, your world falls apart, your paradigm shifts. But it's essential to go through that growth, to fight through that depression. And be aware of the tra- traps that are laid for a lot of people that get stuck in that transition, which is tough, too. But that's a whole other, that's a whole other discussion.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, this, this turns into every aspect of, of everything. I mean, you know, we're the ones that see beyond the veil, and I think they, they don't like that. You know, they don't like mm-hmm. us because of that. And that's why our little flukes happen from time to time. They're like, oh, we can't let these people talk. I mean – You know, most of them will think they're crazy, but we'll lose a couple to them. And a couple turns into a couple more and a couple more, you know.
3: Well, and then that's that frequency and that vibration that that starts to resonate and grow stronger, you know. Um, And and I think discussions of this nature have the power to to resonate and to make that difference. Because even if somebody just listens to this and then really kind of doesn't do much with it, they're going to have that openness to it now, saying, oh, well, there's a possibility when they see another situation and start to make that connection. It could be 10 years from now. You know, my hope is that it sticks with them until they that one moment when it, everything falls into place. And that's where the change happens. And that's, I think that's the true revolution. I say all the time, it's not violence. It's not going out and getting angry and going with the crowd. That's what it wants you to do. That's why all this, you know, that's why all that's on TV, because they want you to fall for that trap to get mad and get angry. That's not where we need it to be. We need to look within and understand ourselves and figure out how to use that internal energy to change, you know, what's in front of us.
2: Let's not even get into the TV side of things, okay, because, you know, I'll turn the TV on and I'll see the most absurd to me as an empath, as a sensitive, Mm -hmm. I, I turn the TV on and the first thing I hear is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, black lives matter. Black lives matter. And I'm like, why are they using the word black? Mm-hmm. Number one, these people aren't black. They just have a darker skin tone and they're people. And what the hell is this? They're programming people to be different by telling them that they're not respected because, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, people aren't going to actually like fall for this crap, right? And they are. <laughs> they are. You've got stars like Beyonce people. waiting about it. It is. It's a division. You are people, mm-hmm. people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. it drives me you know, crazy. It does.
3: And we've got about five minutes left, Cherry, but my my, my favorite line might be, I, I always quote from, from the Hunger Games, remember who the real enemy is. You know, we're sitting here fighting amongst ourselves, but there's someone above us that's just. Too- it's like the kid that spreads rumors in school. That's exactly what's going on. Well, he said this about you. He said this about you. Oh, let's fight each other instead of going after the ones spreading the rumors. You know, and then, and then we let the city burn, and it's a shame.
2: It's it is really shame. terrible. But there's a negative as, influence as uh, behind
3: things, and it, it spreads like a virus. And, and, and as we're as we're drawing uh, close to the end of close to the end of our show here. Um, Are there any final thoughts you have? Any final messages or websites you want to plug? Anything you'd like to say as as we come to a close?
2: Um, I don't. I don't have a website. I don't do readings. Um, I used to. I stopped doing that. It affected my health. I do have a Mm -hmm. Facebook page. I'm author Geraldine Baus on Facebook. I have a Twitter. I'm Jerry Baus on Twitter. Um, I have an email. It's lowercase empath. 2014 at gmail.com if anybody wants to you know ask questions or if they need help with their condition (laughs) that's what I call it if they need help I you know do the best I can I don't have all the answers but I I will share you know we'll share information and go from there Um, my books coming out in December hopefully if I can you know get five minutes to finish writing the rest of the book it'll be out in December and that'll be you know um, I'm self-publishing. I'm indie, so it'll be on Amazon.com. It'll be a Kindle book.
3: Great. And, and uh, w- when you're ready, Jerry, you have a you know an open spot here to come on and, and uh, talk about your book a little bit more to help promote it, and uh, I'll definitely plug it through uh, through my channels as well. I'm looking forward to this this project awesome. coming out. So uh, I wish you the best on that. And uh, thank you so much. I'll have you know all your links up at ServiceChange.com within the show notes there. If you want to connect with Jerry, just go to servicechain.com and click on the other link for this. And everything will be there to reach out and, uh, and touch base with Jerry. Uh, just a great person, a great friend, and I'm thankful that, uh, you know, that we have connected. And like I said, you know, I definitely want to have you on the show again. Um, you have an open Thank invitation you, anytime you want to come on and uh, and talk about stuff. Let's just hope that uh, our technology held up and, and uh, everything recorded for us. So.
2: I'm praying, so, yeah. yeah fingers are crossed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, But
3: if not, then we'll figure it out and we get to have another great conversation, you know?
2: <laughs> that's true, too. There's no loss involved, so, so that that's a plus.
3: Certainly is.
2: Well, Jerry, thank
3: you so much for uh, for being my guest tonight. I, I really appreciate it. I will uh, message you shortly and let you know if, if everything went smoothly or if, if we're going to have to reschedule. Awesome. But
2: thank I have my you so fingers much, my and friend. my toes crossed.
3: Yes, as do I.
2: <laughs> Thank you, well, Donna, so you- for having me on, and God bless. Her. And I, you know, you guys you. are due for a baby girl, and hoping you the best, and smooth pregnancy, and give her anything she wants to eat. That's the rule.
0: <laughs>
3: you got it. I'll let her know. Okay.
2: All right. All right. You, have a good evening. <laughs> you too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: One of the things I love most about doing this show and, and running Service to Change are the people that I get to connect with and Jerry is is one of those people who uh, I'm so thankful that I've been able to make a connection with just um, you know, and this conversation tonight really just uh, resonated with me. And it, it, again, it was one of those moments where, like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not making this stuff in, up in my head because somebody else is experiencing it. And, and she's done research of her own, which I'm going to follow up on in my own course of, uh, of research and studying because it, it just it's another piece of the puzzle. And there is a science behind what we're experiencing, what we're feeling. Um, you know, I I got to go back and listen to the exact terminology that she was using, but there there's you know actual processes going on and a difference between somebody with an empathic ability and somebody who's not, uh you know I, I guess as sensitive as, as other people. So I I think we're really onto something here. Uh, and, and that's what I love about this show, is that we're exploring this, we're exploring it together, we're exploring it openly, uh, and I hope that all of you out there listening will, will join in this exploration and share, uh, not just the content and the show itself, but share your own experiences. Let me know. Send me an email. Go to service servicetochange.com. Hit the contact button. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you ex- what you have experienced. Uh, and if you'd like to talk about it on the air, I'm looking for people just willing to share their thoughts and their feelings and things that they've encountered and experienced to make these conversations more common. Because the more comfortable we are having these talks, the more, um, you know, we'll be able to explore them and and find answers and work with these these events that are happening in our lives. And in some cases, prevent them uh, because they can become a hindrance or enhance them because they can uh, also benefit us as well. So, uh, you know, and again, this ties in. If you want to go back, look at the show notes at Service to Change. I'm definitely going to link up the Social Coherence show uh, because that is very relevant to what Jerry was talking about. She was talking about uh, processes with the brain and things of that nature that have been measured. Um, you know, in my Social Coherence show pulled the research out of heart and math that talked about the electromagnetic field that's generated from the heart that, uh, you know, is able to transmit and receive emotional data, and they've actually been able, found a way to measure empathy. So there's some great studies in there. That's uh, part of the content of my book, Food for the Archons. So make sure you uh, you check out that show. Make sure you sign up for the Seeker newsletter at serviceofchange.com where you will get to read I Am Human completely free of charge. The newsletter is free, comes out every week, has updates on the show. Uh, you know, and other great content that's exclusive to subscribers. All of it's completely free. Just trying to start a, a dialogue here on these subjects, because I think it's important. It's a new direction to go into, uh, and it's better than all the violence and the conflict that's being spread out there. In, again, in my humble but loud opinion. So, uh, that's all the time that I have. I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to listen to the show. Jerry, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our discussion this evening. I'm Dennis Snappy, the second with Service of Change. This has been the secret podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change, never stop questioning, and keep an open mind. Thank you.
0: (laughs) i <laughs> Welcome to Truth Seekers.